listening to the voice of Howard Stern. Hello, you rotten little bloodsucker. This is Alice Cooper. Hey, this is Justin from NSYNC. This is Rodney Dangerfield. Uh, hey, baby. Hellers the king. Oh. Hi, this is Jack. Just back up from the border for a short visit. Hi there and welcome to another edition of The Horse's Mouth. You're in The Horse's Mouth and my name is John Teague. Well, uh, well, I suppose it's yesterday now. I had the good fortune of talking to Mr. Jack Perry. Um, Jack Perry is a good mate. Um, yeah, he's had a, a really... Um, well, he's still living. He's living. He's living a large life. You know, he's, he's, he's been a professional surfer. He's a family man. Um good bloke, successful in business, um, you know, just a, 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 a good egg is Jack Perry, and um, so I had the good fortune of talking to Jack yesterday, um, so thanks Jack, thanks for popping over, stoked to have had you around, um, I won't bang on about it too much, I'll just let Jack's story um, be Jack's story and you can have a listen, because if you've come this far, you've obviously wanted to hear Jack's story. Um, now this is something that came, I would say like that came across my desk, fucking didn't just come across my desk. You know, I'm obsessed with checking the news lately. Um, call me a catastrophier, but I'm going to try my best not to talk about, uh, coronavirus. So, um, I'm not, I already said it, but I'm not, uh, how's this one though? So this, I don't know if anyone remembers, I certainly don't remember this, but this, this chick, this lady, I would not call her a chick to her face. She's a lady. Um, Catherine Mary Knight, I think is her name. Uh, she she killed her husband. I think she stabbed him 37 times. Anyway, I'm reading, I, I found this article the other day, and it was remembering her. Um, she's under lock and key right now, thank goodness. Uh, and so, but get a load of this. She... It's not only she, she stabbed him. Like this, this chick, she was an expert in her field, and and she was a um, she was a butcher of sorts. Like literally worked in a, an abattoir, I think. But she was regarded in her hometown, um, it, which is just northwest of Newcastle, called Aberdeen. She was regarded as like a jet butcher. You know, she really knew how to um, kill something and then and then cut it up for meat, right? And she could skin. She could do a whole works. So, and then the description in this murder was so expertly was it done that after the post-mortem exa- examination, the skin was able to be re-sewn onto Mr. Price's body. So she skun her partner or husband, I don't know which it was, uh, so well, so well. It, it, it says it was carried out with considerable expert expertise and obviously steady hand so that his skin including that of the head face nose ears neck torso genitals organs and legs was removed so as to form one pelt so if you think about that that's like you know people have a cow skin on the floor in their house and i know if you're vegan you're probably screaming right now but people have them and it's pretty old school too but they so they're around and but she's done the same thing with <laughs> with him. She's scunned him so it's like a pelt and then hung him on the back of the door for the cop to find. And the first cops that found him was a husband and wife police duo. Could you imagine walking into that scene? And not only did she just she make a pelt out of this dude, um, fuck knows what he did. And 
uh, she then cut him up and put him his head into a stew, and then put like his ass cheeks into a baking dish with vegetables. Uh, like, find this. Her name is Catherine Mary Knight, and she's uh, New South Wales, and and she's she is as well. It says here, uh, what do they say? The female Hannibal Lecter. Anyway, how you going? Good. Sleep tight. Um, thanks so much for tuning in wherever you are. I, I I just, I don't know why I get stuck on this shit. But that one's a fucking crazy one, you know? You get up and you think you've got an interesting day ahead. <laughs> and then you read something like that. I mean, fucking reality stranger than fiction. Fuck me. Uh, you know, incredible. Incredible. Not incredible in a good way, that one. Certainly no, I'm not insinuating that. Anyway, whoever you are, wherever you are out there in the wide world, uh, I hope you enjoyed my chat with Jack. Really enjoyed chatting with him. And um, I'll see you on the other side. It's interesting. Wow. Wait till you hear two hours of crap. A complete and total barfarama. Hi, this is David Bowie. Pretty things have gone to hell. But like a general healthy... 30 to 40 year old bloke you'd think you'd not. think they get it it hammers them then they move on is so, that right yes that's what they're saying but i don't reckon we're getting this is me conspiratory saying i don't think we're getting the full truth iran it's in the bbc today that they think iran are fudging the numbers then they think actually of the 500 something no i don't know the numbers exactly but there's a, they're saying that 200 people might have died from it now wow and they're only reporting uh 36. Now, also, like Paulo said to me this morning, and he's a he's a pretty straight-up guy, yeah. he said that China, uh, there's a radiation thing that comes from morgues, and China, uh, it's showing up on heat maps. China are um, dis- disposing of more people than they actually say. Well, they're like a communist country. They're not going to tell the truth. Like, well, they're freaking... I, I don't believe in it. Like, if they say, oh, yeah, the cases are subsiding, I don't believe them because they want people to go back to work. They want, they want yeah, yeah, business yeah, yeah, as yeah, usual. Totally. It's China. Like, yeah. it's a business. That's a business, that country. And they're just going, fuck. And my cousins in Hong Kong, they were just out here. They've just gone back to Hong Kong. They're freaking out. They're, they're, um, uh, their daughter, who's in year 10, she's school's being cancelled to April 18th at the earliest because of this because of this virus and they've said april 18th school's closed at the earliest if you've got other options to go overseas and go to a boarding school or something we suggest you do it so obviously hong kong know there's shit going on and they've said don't go back to school they're they're like school's closed till april 18th pending further notice it could be later and so then it won't be any earlier the one other thing i'll stop before i freak you out indonesia hasn't recorded one and they have pretty close relations with yeah. China. And you think, of 250 million people in Indo, yeah. not one. And then you go, well, that can't be right. Statistically, every other country in the world now has reported one. Yeah. And you go, well, if it's going undetected in Indo, and they're so community, I mean, I don't know. How you That's going? fucking heavy. Well, I'm rattled <laughs> now. I'm, I'm going to go home and be on Dr. Google just freaking out. I, I can't stop. Oh, it's bad. Oh, like, 
you know, I do it a little tongue in cheek, but nonetheless, this could have a profound effect on the world. Yeah. It already has. It already has. Look at the economy. Like it's hammered it. So then you tre- cherish days like today. Yeah. 100%. I could have just got a second wave in the heat. Mate, you'd be in the final. You'd be about to start. <laughs> you know, Boots is in today. He's going good. Is he? Yeah. And uh, Graylo. Simon, yeah, yeah, Simon was... I surfed Winky with him yesterday. There was six of us out and he was just frothing. He was on his Pizel 6.4, brand new. What just, time? Uh, I did the whole school drop-off because Rach works early and then um, it was probably quarter past nine, paddled out. We just got out. It was pretty gnarly. It was a big... There was proper eight-foot sets, maybe one bigger. There was no one around. It was so sick. Yeah, because I drove past 13th late and it was... Uh, yeah. yeah, there was swell. I was thinking the bombings, if the pipe wasn't so high, probably would have been breaking. Yeah, it was Yeah, it was really good. And then Fisher's last night with Lenny and it was just like... Oh, really? waist-high runners. Yeah. You guys have had it on tap. Yeah. Um, did you grow up with Graylo, your vintage? He's on best mates with Tommy's brother. Yeah. Who was one of my groomsmen? Simon's three years older. Yeah, so I grew up though. Yeah, hung out heaps. And did you grow up surfing against um, Johnny Cleary? Johnny Cleary, yeah, East Coast boy from over. Um, yeah, I, I remember Johnny Cleary. Yeah, yeah. I think he was a year older, maybe. Possibly. Yeah. Because he's my yeah. Lockie's seven years younger than me, and they went to school together. And yeah. Anyway, he, he said to say good day to you the other day. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, classic. Yeah. We had some good battles. Yeah. <laughs> I surfed, he surfed really good. Yeah, he's yeah. awesome. I went to uh, Urban Surf on Saturday and he was part of the Bucks party. Sick. Yeah. How good's that joint for a Bucks party? How good's that joint full stop? Yeah. It's amazing. Like, I kind of went dragging my heels thinking, uh, and then I just was like, I can't believe I was dragging my heels here. Yeah. It's, it'll like, a day like this, you're never going to leave here to go to Melbourne. But when you get southeasters for two weeks and like all you can manage to surf is a really bad one at Jark, it's like duck up there, get 20 waves, done. I surfed the Friday, Winky, then surfed Saturday and had a way better surf in the pool than yeah. Winky on the Friday. Yeah, it gets like, it's cool because you're, you're just, you're in your spot, like you take your turn the wave comes, it's your turn, you go. Yeah. And then you just back of the line and line up. Whereas Winky, it's like such a, it's just an uneven playing field. There's people paddling up your inside. There's people sneaking up your inside. Oh, and when it's, it's one and a half foot in southeast, you just sort of like, yeah, shoot me. Yeah. Um, Jack, what were you like at school? Well, I did get a TER of 74.85, so I reckon I was a pretty good student. <laughs> I um, No, I was uh, I was just an average student. I definitely worked hard at school, so when I'd get home, I could surf or go to footy training and not have to worry about school. Like, mum, I'd do homework, like, for maybe half an hour at the kitchen table max, and then when it, when it came around to getting my results, she was like, Oh, ring up and get your results. Like, had to remind me it was the day to get your results. I had no idea. Um, and I rang up and then they, you know, it was like all, there was no computer stuff back then really. So it was all, you ring up, get your score. And I got the score and she's like, bullshit. And she, my mum never swears. She's like, bullshit, you, you, you didn't. 
and I was like, nah, 74.8, I told you, mum, I was sweet, year 12's easy, and and she's like, no, you did. Okay, give me the phone. I'm going to ring. So she rang a second time just to double check. She fully didn't believe yeah. her. But I was, yeah, she didn't believe me. But yeah, school, I love school. I was like a bit of a jock, you know. I did every sport you could do that would get a day off school, basically. And so, hold on. And you had some academics. What were your favorite subjects? I did, in year 12, ceramics, yeah. English, yeah. PE, yeah. environmental science, and geography. So I wasn't like the guy doing like, you know, mathematics yeah, and yeah, all yeah. the, you know, special subjects. I just did those ones and I did them well enough. That's great. I dropped maths and all that shit after year 10 as well. I just went yeah, straight for the... I wasn't a the numbers guy. Uh, <laughs> um, and so you played 42. Yeah. And did you have aspirations to be a football player or a surfer or didn't know? No, didn't, I think yeah. it, I was like had... I just love playing footy because it was with your mates and it was like that team thing that you never got to do in surfing. Yeah. So it was just like fun. You'd sort of go out there with your mates and, you know, play for each other and stuff. But I think then once I sort of then steered more in a surfing direction, I was like really missed footy. And I think that's why like in my older age, I went back and played footy just for that like team aspect and to, you know, yeah, play with your mates and train and, just get that whole, um, yeah, I'm like a footy tragic. I'm, I'm like the guy now who just wishes he had a played f- like serious footy through his late teens, early 20s. But that's funny. It's too late. <laughs> I was, uh, yeah, I was not the same. I played footy seriously, but I just always just wanted to be surfing. Yeah. And now I've gone like complete, like, I don't even know that it exists. It's hilarious. But... I, I'm the black sheep here. I know yeah. that because my family and obviously people like yourself are football fucking mad. Um, and it's yeah, go it's, on. I, I find it hilarious. like I've got a few mates who play AFL or you know have played AFL and you know being really at the top of the game and all they wanted to do was go surfing. Yeah, and then all the surfers want to do is play footy. Like yeah. we'd go to. A few of the AFL players at the end of footy season came to Hawaii and, um, you know, we'd be surfing during the day and then in the afternoons they'd all have to go and do extra, like, running and sessions. So we'd go down to the oval at Pipe and kick footies and stuff and all the boys would be down there just frothing out, kicking footies. Like, all the surfers just like, oh, how good's this? Oh, they've got the best life ever and they're just sitting there just going, are these guys serious? They're in Hawaii staying on the beach surfing and they have to do a contest or something and they're, like, whinging that they wish they played footy. Like, it's just that... You know, grass the grass is, all, yeah, yeah. grass is always greener. Uh, how, that must be pretty surreal, kicking the footy on an oval in Hawaii. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's um, the primary school is right across the road from Pipeline, so all the Aussies like there's always these mad um, touch teams. So there's like the Queenslanders versus like New South Wales. They always play like an Origin style, and then the Vicos and the um, West Aussies sort of all just get. There's that many Aussies living in in the North Shore? Well, just when it's competition season, like in November, December, when there's, you know, the whole QS and, you know, world tour there. So there'd be like, you know, 30 people that rock up to the Oval a couple of nights a week and just have these crazy touch footy games. Cool. Yeah. Um, And so do you, you've been going, do you go to Hawaii each winter? I haven't been for a a few years. I want to go back, but um, yeah, haven't been for a couple of years. Is do you uh, 
like in my mind i've never done it right so i just get is there a dark side that happens quite quickly off the back of that whole north shore or is it not so bad i don't know like i think in recent years it's cleaned up a lot but there is still a dark side like there's you know there's some major drug problems and you know there's you know criminal activity and all that it's not you know it's the most picturesque beautiful place but i think yeah there's a pretty dark dark side to it i think it was darker you know um back when i was younger it seemed like there was you know more crazy shit going on all the time and um i think now it's become so expensive and stuff so maybe a lot of the you know people have moved to other parts of the island and stuff but there's still you know a dark side you definitely don't want to screw up in hawaii and you know we had times we'd be on our push bikes when we were 16 and get chased by crew and you know trying to get our wallets and stuff like that so was you had um correct me if i'm wrong because i don't know 100 percent, but i know that you were you on the uh qs yeah how long for um i probably did it like I did the junior series, which back then was under 21. So I did that when I finished school for a few years and got to travel to Europe and do like the junior circuit over there and in the US and then went on to the QS and probably did it for like, I don't know, I'd say a good good sort of six years. Had a like you know, six-year run at it. Um, yeah. So you went full fucking tilt. Yeah, had a, had a fair crack. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't get on the world tour, but had some pretty fun years traveling and surfing and getting a few results along the way and so now i'm just going to cut straight to the chase here i I believe that you is this your best result did you come second at sunset one year yeah that was the best result that was i just nailed it bang i see i know some shit (laughs) tell us about that yeah that was fun it was just um i got to surf against actually it was pretty cool i got to surf against like sunny garcia when he was like a bit of i guess he was sort of he's a force off the world tour but he was still like the man to beat in hawaii and i remember i had a heat and it was like 12 for like massive and um yeah i got to surf against him and i think poncho sullivan in the heat who really like the two, just power you know kind of best guys out there and i can remember i was on a seven six or a seven ten and sunny rocked up with like an eight six and um because I always wanted to ride like the big in the heat on the biggest board kind of then the other guys were on seven O's but I thought oh I'm smashing it here I'm on a huge board and then Sonny just had, had this huge you know another foot longer but um yeah it was it was a pretty cool experience like once I got to the final day it was like I think I said four heats and it was kind of a marathon and then in the final um, how long were the heats I had a, half I hour I think oh, I can't 20? even remember 25 to 30 minutes yeah and then in the final I needed like a I think it was like a 3.75 and got a 3.72 or something against Billy Kemper and he ended up winning the final. But um, Billy Kemper's the big wave charger yeah, now. Yeah, he's the big wave dog. Was he a big wave dog then or is he something He was like a into? young big wave dog. Yeah. Like, he, yeah, he definitely charged, but I think he's he's gone extreme, extreme, big extreme, wave guy extreme. now. Yeah. <laughs> he's, um, yeah, taken things to a whole new level, that's for sure. And so that's a pretty big feat. Um, was it 12 foot the whole way through? No, it, it was definitely, that was like the, I think the first day or two were like really big. And then by the final, it was only about, it was sort of big in the morning. It was probably eight feet. And then by the final, it was like six foot. It's one of those dying swells. Um, and tell me, which, what's your favorite wave to surf 
in Hawaii? Um, is it sunset? I think it? I like sunset. Yeah, it's it bring you know there's good memories and it's sort of just that big playing field. You can ride really big boards and you feel like you just it's like being on a footy oval. You know, you, it's the the lineup's so massive and you can kind of you know learn the lineup and there's so many different places to sit and I don't know. I feel like you it's you versus the ocean. It's not really having to deal with people and all yeah. those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay, then we'll zone in on that. What about like around the world? What was your favorite leg? So, what did you do it from 18 to 25? Is sort of thing, yeah, or? 26. Yeah, I because eight between under to from when I got to so 18 to 21 was like the junior series. It's all changed back then, but that was the best like finish high school and then get to go and compete in contests with like guys your own age. And were you competing and, against Brooko? He was older. I yeah, like my first year on the QS, like first yeah. Well, when I was doing the juniors in Europe, I went over and he looked after me, and he was like the big dog. I think he was sort of on the world tour, but he had to do the QSs to to um cover to you know make sure he had enough points. And um yeah, I was in France. I've actually first trip in France. I was at Fletch. Fletch Green, a guy from here, was living there at the time, and Brooke goes, oh, "I'll pick you up for a surf and hang out." And we went for a surf, and then we came back, and we were driving back, and he kept talking about, he's like, "Oh, have you heard? There's been like, um, like heaps of like bombings and stuff around France, and heaps of like crew like with guns in Hossigor." And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, no, I haven't heard anything. It seems pretty mellow." And then. As I've got out of the car, I've pulled my board out. He's rolled fireworks under the car. I had no idea. And it just like, it was like a bomb went off under the car. I threw my board on the road and just ran across the road and hid under a bush. Just going, no way, there's bombs in France. And he's just pissing himself laughing. And I think he had like an old Nokia 5210 that like, yeah. like you couldn't even hardly film with. But. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was a pretty funny. He's this your yeah. So Brooko was there. Yeah, that's um, awesome. Yeah, <laughs> but he was yeah he was he's a fair bit older, but he um he was definitely someone I looked up to and was probably the reason why I wanted to be a competitive surfer. You know, when I was younger. Yeah. Because he was he was um the man. And so uh, it's pretty good in the southwest, isn't it? In the France there. Oh, it's the best. It's incredible. It's, um, I got to go back two years ago because my sister-in-law was living there and take Rach and the family and it was just, yeah, it's just such a mellow, you know, cruisy place. It's a bit like Torquay, but I just feel like it's warmer and, you know. Yeah, yeah. Love, summer like, days are so much longer and nicer. You can surf till like 10 at night, yeah. come in, crash. Ah, oh, it's great. Um, was she in Hosigor or Brit? Hosigor. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a special spot. I could spend more time there. Yeah. I think like the best time is sort of like that spring what's you know, September. The, um, what's the uh mm. you know is it the Basque? Basque country, yeah. And that's they are badass. Is that what Brooke yeah. was referring to? The Basque yeah, yeah they're like a separate you know, they they're, they're you, know, you speak France to any of the Basque Spain. surfers like Aritza Amburu, who he was on the world tour for a couple of years, and he's like, you, you go, oh, are you, are you Spanish? And he's like, no, I am Basque. I am not French. I am not Spanish. I am I am Basque. Like, does not want to be associated with France or Spain. So, which language does he speak? Well, he speaks Basque. Is he? So it's like, is he's okay, you know yeah. native, native tongue, tongue? But then they speak French, Spanish, whatever, Portuguese. Got, like yeah. they're just incredible. They've got 
Yeah, I'm so jealous. I don't of know. Those it makes guys. you feel like. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I know. I'm just like hoping Lenny and Harla just can pick up a language and stick with it. I, I went. I learnt France in high school. Quit French. Learnt Fra- France. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I learnt French, and then it got to year nine, and I quit. And then halfway through year nine, mum and dad took me to France with my sisters, and I can remember just getting there, just going, "Why did I quit this language? Like, worst decision ever." I remember year seven, we were taught Indonesian, Indo, (laughs) and uh, the same thing. I was like, I'm never going to use this. And I just remember that pen was penu, and I was like, ooh, (laughs) you know, (laughs) typical dick. And then years later, you're like, fuck. Oh, I didn't know it. Yeah. And it's... Hindsight. Oh, 2020. That's why I'm uh, stashing food, you know, because (laughs) I don't want to be caught (laughs) out. Oh, God, let's hope this virus just mutates and becomes a, you know... Trump thinks it's going to, so don't worry. Trumpy right. thinks it's going to disappear. Just, it's going to be fine. Don's onto it, isn't he? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so... At the 26th, you were like, I'm not going to make it. Is this what the thought was? Yeah. Was that hard yeah. to swallow? Not really, because I was sort of in... I was competing and I was just like, I was actually getting pretty over traveling and all those things. And I set up a business, um, like that I was hoping I could then, when I decided I didn't really want to compete anymore, I could then go and have a business sort of half set up that I could, you know, go and really get behind and drive. So in my last, you know, year or two competing, I was setting up modem and, doing so sorry to cut you off i want to drill in on this because it's a pretty good i think it's a pretty good story of uh like i want to know more because i don't know i only just i remember i bumped into you in a cafe on the corner here one day and you're meet having a meeting there and you're like oh i'm just about to have a meeting i'm doing some tailpad stuff and i was like oh, oh good on you jack yeah. i didn't know that modem was going to become this fucking huge thing it was yeah so so did, was it you can you conceive this while you're on tour well, yeah i was i was always like a bit of a i guess i was like a bit of an accessories nerd like i always thought like i'd see people put tail pads on boards and leggies and i'd be like that just doesn't look good on that board like what are these guys doing and i just saw it as being a stale market and there was nothing i actually want i used to go to america and buy astro deck because you couldn't get it in australia just because what was the other one that had something star there was a something there's like a rock star one or uh, something one that i always thought had a bit of flavor in the states as well black line ah fuck i don't remember it doesn't matter anyway yeah so yeah so i'd always you know buy astro deck and you couldn't get it here and i can remember i was like speaking to my dad going oh i want to you know do access you know i want to do like an accessories company or someone should distribute an astro deck here like i should just try to get that and he's like you're tripping if you're gonna do it do it yourself and make stuff you want to use and make stuff you believe in and you don't want to be running someone else's company you want to run your own basically such good advice um yeah and then i just i met with paulie because he had a lot of connections in china and um we sort of developed some like we did some samples they came back they were horrific and then did a few more and then we got some and i was like oh these are decent like and then we sort of just had the conversation did you have the name in your head or not no there? not then they were like the first lot of samples and then when i sort of used ones i was like these are good um you know these are as 
as good as you know Astro if not you know better and I think I was like oh, I think we're ready to try and find a name and do it and and because he had all the relationships in China I was like oh let's do this together um, if you're open to it and he you know he was 100% behind it so I remember I was up in Noosa trying to work out a name with my mum and dad just um, I was living in Sydney at the time and I was up there visiting them and hold on what were you doing in Sydney I, was, I moved to Sydney for a couple of years. So Rach finished uni and became an osteopath. In Sydney. Um, and then got her auntie lives in Sydney and runs a big clinic. So she got a job up there and I was traveling a lot. So it was just kind of, and we had a lot of friends up there. So we moved up there for two years. Just changing gears real quick. Um, this is about 27. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 25, 26. I don't know. 20, yeah. And... Did you and Rach go to school together? No, no. No. You've known her for a long time? Yeah. 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 I actually played tennis. I can't really remember it, but in in primary school, we played tennis against each other, and her mum reckons I was the worst sport and used to question all the line calls. So, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Competitive much? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, okay. So then uh, you're in Noosa and you're looking yeah, for yeah. a name. So I was writing down, like I had a sheet of paper. I've still got the sheet of paper. There's like a hundred names. And then I, sh- I remember I shortlisted five. And then the one I liked the best was modem. It was a palindrome and you could write it. And I did it in like a thousand different fonts and typed it on computers in different fonts. And I was like, this looks good. Like it works with. Um, if you know, so it's a palindrome. You mean so you can it spell works it backwards. one way, one way. Yeah, yeah. Back, yeah. And I just the M. And did then you get it from actually saw computer a, modem? Like, what was the fucking thing? Well, I've always thought about it. No, I, I didn't. And then I said to my dad, I'm like, I found it. I think I really like this. And he goes, Oh, it sounds like a computer. That's stupid. And like wrote me off. And he goes, Yeah, but you got to remember when I was, you know, running Oakley, every design I liked the most, I knew not to order it because everything I chose ended up being a flop and he's like everything I thought that wasn't going to work ended up just braining it and being the best selling style so yeah you're probably onto it if you pick that and then I was like oh I'm not trying to appeal to you know someone in their 50s I'm trying to appeal to like the guy who's you know 15 to you know 25 who's kind of you know into how they look and into how they yeah, dress yeah. And you kind of nailed so it I um yeah I went with that and then yeah when I first was doing i had no thoughts on a modem computer until dad was like oh that's stupid sounds like a computer well that's where my head went to i was um, like it's an old modem it's, yeah. but it kind of like even if you think about it like that and you think of the progression in technology around us and modem those modems were like at the start yeah. of it so it's yeah. sort of i don't know and it's a computer generation of surfers, that's right I guess. yeah that's what i was sort so of like kind of yeah it wasn't meant to be like that but i guess it kind of fell into that yeah. realm <laughs> and um and so recently, let's, let's go for a ride here. So how did that, it's... Yeah, so then came up with the name and Paulie was just like, mate, you, you do the marketing, branding, all that kind of thing. And then um, had a mate, actually it was Nat Johnson. I ha- had helped do the logo, who was down here working for Quicksilver and now lives in France. Um, and then, yeah, it just kind of evolved from there. It was pretty basic, just traction to start and then went into leggies and you know we had craig anderson definitely played a big part of it he was um 
you know, on the junior series at the time and was kind of like not winning contests, but he was the most stylish. And Do you think he's like a modern Margot? Yeah, in a way, for sure. He's like, or yeah, yeah. I was going to say Machado, but Machado was on the world tour and, you know, Rastavich. finished. Yeah, he's kind of, he's definitely got that, that vibe about him for sure. And just kids wanted to, you know, you see kids now, they want to dress like him. They want to ride the same boards and all that. So we kind of got to his journey of, you know, being sort of, you'd almost say a nobody to then becoming like this world's most famous free surfer. We kind of rode off the back of that um, for a number of years and he sort of helped grow the business to where it is today. Unbelievable charger. Yeah. Someone of his build. Yeah, he's, he's fucking crazy. Off. And he rides single fins and he can he can do it all. Yeah. So, um, so Modem went from... It's a pretty good success story, really. Yeah, it's like it has. It's not a huge business, but it was a you know. I think within the surfing industry, though, to be able to, to not many brands of feel can like find its way their way into yeah. that monster. Yeah, and, and for succeed. sure. And at the time, it was you know it was creatures and gorilla grip and the kind and all that, but they were just basically bringing out the same range like every year on year without changing anything or style. without yeah and it was just so stale and boring and i i actually feel like once we sort of made a few inroads and people started to know who we are were and recognize us then all of a sudden like those brands became a way better because we kind of forced them to you know yeah, go, yeah, yeah. you know After to, games, to employ yeah. graphic designers and people you know who had a bit more and so um and was is zave working for you so yeah, I'm not involved with Modem now. I've still got a like a small percentage, but um, Zave, yeah, Zave was like a crazy. Um, he was, you know, a massive factor in the whole brand and getting it to where it was because he's, he's just an amazing creative. And you know, I could I could come to him with ideas and then he'd bring them to life and awesome. he'd he'd bring you know he'd come to me with ideas and bring them to life and yeah yeah so you've yeah he he was part of the team and was incredible he's he's like I, I think one of the best surf artists in you know in the world he probably doesn't get the recognition but as far as like art and surf and understanding surfing and creating art around that he's he's as good as any yeah yeah no he's he's awesome um so you're out yeah paul's out yeah uh, are you happy to be out? Yeah, it's good. I just, you know, I, it was just, I guess the right, it was just good timing, you know, I had a few other things I wanted to do and, um, you know, my dad, uh, he was really crook, you know, through and wanted to spend more time with him and I don't know, it just seemed to got other things to focus on and, you know, family and all those things and, you know, the surf industry is a pretty tough world at the moment with the way you know big brands have come in and bought these surf companies and you know corporatized them and yeah you i was dealing with you know retailers who were just getting these discounts that were you know i couldn't even buy the traction and leg ropes and board bags at the price they were they were buying them at so um i think yeah it's going to be an interesting time to see i think there's definitely room for like a new brand to come out and do really well 
Um, well, it seems that need seems to be having a, a well, not that that definitely it seems to be growing. Oh, for sure, and like there's like the need essentials, and you know even Patagonia, like you know they're not really a surf company, but how can you not respect and love them? Like yeah, the ethos. A, their ethos is amazing. That you know they're not in your face too much. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I I still think there's going to be you know some small brands come in and do really well but yeah as you said like need essentials it's it's just underground you know it's it's black wetsuits and no logos and you know well i think people are kind of sick of looking at the same shit yeah and yeah and and it's you know in the 90s you couldn't you had to have a quick silver hat on totally and now it's like (laughs) i mean no <laughs> and and it's like now like you look and go okay like i'll buy that and you know rip curls owned by Kathmandu now and quicksilver and billabong are owned by banks and banks like a bank basically yeah. like a and fcs um, is owned by bank too is that I right i think so yeah and volcom uh, so you then know you go these like, corporate organizations so you're like i buy that it's not really f- you know f- yeah. i don't know you yeah it's no cool to buy something where you know the guy who owns the business is working his ass off to produce this product and employing, you know, his small team of guys and paying for them to, you know, live and. Well, this is why I love coming, getting yeah. apparel from you guys. My last four boards have been local, yeah. and I, I'm stuck on. I love glide fins. Yeah, sick. And it's Johnny, like yeah. he's out there with his Darien cup of tea, yeah. and he's telling you he'll sand them back for you, and that's where I feel like that's the way surf's heading like i i don't know there's a pool that there's going to be this full pool business soon too where there'll be guys who you know are pool surfers and then there'll be the ocean surfers and i don't know if you're a brand do you want to associate with the pool and like lose your salt or you know where do you go so did you say lose your salt yeah not be you know not not lose your soul lose your salt salt. (laughs) yeah that's good you thought about that one I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. But like, that's the whole thing. Like that, going to a local shaper and stuff. That's just, you know, that's how it was in the eighties and stuff like that. And then it kind of lost its way where these like corporate surfboard manufacturers became. Oh, they were they were still owned by surfers and stuff. But, you know, and you didn't get to speak to the shaper and order your board and have that full on, you know, back and forth and give them the feedback and they do another one. Whereas now I think it's yeah. It's rad to see. Like, who's who's your main shaper at the moment? Um, I've like I got I was getting some really good boards off Darren, and I'll still get some you know some boards here and there off Darren. Sorry, Hanley. Hanley, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um, who's an absolute legend. Like, I, he's in my opinion, he's one of the best shapers in the world, and like, he's just such a legend. When you chat to him, he know his knowledge is incredible and stuff. And then um, I always got boards off Rod Dahlberg. So I yeah, still get yeah, like yeah. probably like three or four a year. Um, he's bought like I wrote a six nine of his yesterday. And so while we're on the Dahlberg thing, do, do you get nostalgic when you see a Dahlberg and think of Oki? A hundred percent. That so, was why I got him. Yeah, like, he he ordered my first two Dahlbergs because he stayed with my family. Well, I was going to ask you. So I know they used to stay with you guys. Yeah. And um, do you remember he he had really long fingernails when he won the? Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. And I remember because I was working at the pub and he came and got a beer one night. I remember looking at his hands. I think I asked him, I was like, oh, what's going on? And, he was, and it was a superstition. Yeah. 
didn't want to cut him because no. he was on a roll. It's so and, good. Yeah, he's that. Yeah, he's the best. Like I wish he still got back on dart. Like I feel like he should just get back on him. Who's he riding for now? He rides for JS. Okay. Yeah. But um, yeah, Rod's kind of just got like a small custom business now. And when I think when Oki crossed to JS, you know, JS was huge, and that's probably you know more opportunities and stuff. So was that pretty epic when you were younger to have Oki stay in oh, place? Like, oh my god, it was so cool! Like, mum and dad basically had an open house like every year. They'd be when I was younger, it was just different pros that'd come and stay, like Tim Curran and um, CJ Hopgood and Munga Barry and um, Munga. Like, just we had Munga all, Militia. Yeah, remember that? Yeah. Oh my god. Um, like we had all those, you know. Um, there was just always, it felt like there was always pros just coming to Torquay and staying. Like, dad would just pick them up basically on the side of the road and, like, oh, you can crash here. And I'd get kicked out of my bedroom. And then. Do you know that who that happened with one time with me was when I was, uh, I think I was 18. I was living over here in Riverside and a couple of surf, and I was working a few nights a week at Irish Murphy's in Geelong. Yeah. And there's some surfers rocked in one day with coffins. And I was like, who the fuck are these guys? And they're like, hey, we need a lift to Torquay. I was like, I'll live there. If you want to wait, I'll give you a lift down. And it was Kobe Aberdeen back That's on it. the Pro Junior. Didn't have any tats. Just, clean skin. Yeah, total clean skin. That's so funny. Legend. Ended up hanging out with him for a couple of days. And then I drove him back to a bus in Geelong. Like, And he had, he came down here. Had no one looking after him. It was just like so Wild good. West. Yeah. Uh, anyway, and but then he and then he became like Kobe Abbott, but he wasn't Kobe then. He's yeah, he was just a super just nice another, cool kid. Yeah, and, and no day he's still a super nice guy. But yeah. I bet, you know, he became the tough, like a lot tougher, yeah, really tough, exterior, nice guy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. scary. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, sorry, where were you on yeah. the board? So yeah, yeah, I was in like as a kid. Oki staying was incredible. It'd be like. He'd wake me every morning so early, like in the dark and like, Jack, we're getting up, we're going to Bells because he always wanted to be the first guy out of Bells. And if he wasn't the first guy, he'd crack. It was like worst day ever. I couldn't believe they beat me out there and we'd paddle out in the pitch black and surf for like, we'd it'd be like 20 minutes until you could even see. And then you'd get a couple of waves and, you know, I'd get a few and then he'd you know, call me in and we'd go home and he was just that routine. He'd have the same breakfast, do his stretches, do everything. like Before a surf or after a surf? I need to know. What's that? Oh, no, so he'd, he'd wake me. I, he'd get up and do... He had a little morning routine before I'd even get up that I think was pretty... Um, ritualistic. Yeah, pretty ritualistic that you're probably well aware of that he'd do, you know, probably at like 4 a.m. and then, you know, wake me. So... Are you a morning person? I'd say I'm like, you know, six six thirty guy. I, I like to get up early. Like yeah. I love it. And I've got kids, so you just up early. You have to. But yeah, I've always been a morning guy. Do definitely. they just get up and watch cartoons like we used to when we were kids? No, we try and not let them watch TV. Okay, Lenny's yeah. just too. Um, I don't know. They get. I feel like they get aggressive if they start the morning watching TV. It's like. I'm just gonna close this window. Yeah, I. Um, I don't know. I try and get them to do other things that's good Rach has a good routine where you know they've got to make their bed and 
get their bread, you know. They've got to make their bed. Make their bed, put their school clothes on. First thing in the morning. Team, make their bed. That's, that's a great thing, yeah. though, because you're starting off the day with yeah. a win. She's got a, she's, she's done like a list, which is pretty cool. So she, you know, shit, it's a work shit, in progress. They still don't, do, the they don't do the right thing all the time, <laughs> but, you know, we try. Try and set a routine. Um, I only ask because I'm not a morning person. There's like a time that I struggle. And uh, I'm jealous of everyone. Like hearing Oki wants to get up and surf in the dark before everyone. Yeah. I'm like... <sighs> yeah. But he'd force himself. Like I can remember then, you know, once he retired and he came down and I remember like he he was... I was at mum and dad's and he was like asleep at seven. I was like, what's happened to Ock? Like, And it was almost like he lost his way for a number of years because he was like... I don't have anything to get up for now, um, which I think he really battled with once he killed off tour. And, and that- I think now he's like out the other end, and now he's like back up early and he's surfing, and you know he he hasn't he's um hasn't touched alcohol and stuff for you know I think it'll be three years now and stuff. So he's you know out the other end and he's back on that program of just you know wanting to be the best surfer he can be in his fifties and. Did, did I hear a story? Was it last Easter? Then Ock was down the coast. We got on to Ock. We're on Ock Fest yeah, now. I love um, uh, And he was surfing and then Tom Curran pulled up or something. Did you hear that? Yeah, I, I drove down with Ock. Oh, really? Yeah, we drove down that day. And there was only one person out? Oh, that was the first day. Yeah, I drove down the second time, like the second day with him. And so, and was it Curran out or Ocky out or one of them? He rocked up and Curran was the only one out at Joey because it was like onshore. No one went down. Ock just wanted to go find a surf to sort of get, um, you know, get frisk for his super, super heat with Curran. Rocks up to Joanna. There's one person out. He's like, ah, oh, at least there's one person that paddles out. It's Curran. That is crazy unto itself again don't you reckon like just to paddle out and yeah. I, I, I don't have the balls to paddle out and Joey by myself on shore day yeah I just do, I wouldn't do it I'd be like nah, it wasn't quite good enough I'll go yeah. home would you? don't know I would probably go out and get a couple I reckon yeah if if there's a wave yeah I've driven away from there several yeah. times because no one's been around and I've been like Ugh. yeah yeah I don't know I'd, I'd yeah you would probably get a yeah, couple yeah you would <laughs> Um, okay, so, <laughs> tell me this, did Red Hot Chili's Peppers stay with you? No. <laughs> Do you know that was the rumour? That's the best rumour I've ever heard. <laughs> you didn't hear this? No, I've never heard that. They were meant to come down surfing and like, I got connected by someone um, with the guitarist and stuff and he was like desperate to come surfing it, he'd who, never surf bells who's the, who's the guitarist don't oh, remember I can't oh. even remember and Flea's got the bass it, we got all know that in my phone <laughs> yeah. um, but they were they, that yeah I've never heard that that's the best rumour ever yeah that's what I heard that the uh, the Chili Peppers were staying yeah. with you fuck that's fucking <laughs> rad like, who the fuck is Jack Perry <laughs> That's good, but my it was it was probably through I don't know how that rumor started, but my mate Dan Ross is good mates with Anthony Keaters, and um, I think they were pretty keen to come surfing, but it didn't work out. Yeah, that's okay. as far as it went. But that's the best rumor ever. We keep it going. Yeah, yeah, I'll run with it. Yeah, <laughs> um, they slipped on the floor too. Yeah, <laughs> they were that keen. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so. 
now that now you're out the other side and are you working for Ned? Yeah. So I am just basically yeah, Scano came to me with like a opportunity just to sort of help, you know, it's it's grown, you know, quite significantly. Um, it's still a super small business, but he's up in Yamba and he, there was sort of some opportunities to come in and be involved in marketing and some distribution stuff. And yeah, now I'm just sort of in there, but I'm made, I'll, I'll cover lunch shifts in the shop. I'll help pack orders when it's busy. Um, it's pretty flexible. I'll do anything. It's, you know, it's fun. It's a new business. It's exciting. So does that mean you wear need now? Yeah, well, I was. Oh, you were already. I was for since inception. Scanner always looked after me with weddies and stuff. So. Oh, that's good. Yeah, um, but uh, I yeah I rate the suits. So. Well, they've got the new stretchy ones, right? Is that right? Um, oh, there's there's a whole anymore. range. There's a whole yeah. range. There's like super warm ones. There's super flexible ones. There's yeah yeah stuff for all shapes and sizes. I do like the uh, the backpacks with they're cool, just jet black kind of military yeah. kind of like and black ops. There's some pretty cool ones coming too, I think. Really? That's if the virus that, doesn't that, hit yeah, China yeah, and okay. production stops. Well, I'm, wait, I'm waiting on some boxes for the candles and they got stuck. It's the last time I do anything with them again, I think. Yeah. Actually, we the um, we got all these boxes delivered yesterday from, I forget what the company's called, in Geelong. And the guy came in, he's like, oh, for some, he was dropping off and he's like, for some reason, we're just under the pump delivering boxes. And I was like, I bet it's because like all these companies that would have ordered their order. packaging and boxes from China would be just stuck. So they're just going straight to this company in Geelong that manufacture locally. And Well, anything that I uh, was leaving before that was that Chinese holiday. What Chinese was New Year. Chinese New Year. Like four weeks long. So ours, well, it got extended, right? Yeah, well, it, yeah, it ended up being like, it's like now eight weeks. Oh, it's still going. Well, some of the factories have got some staff back, but it's like skeleton staff. And if you live in a different village, you can't, or area, you can go to the factory, but then you won't be able to leave. And yeah, there's some pretty gnarly restrictions. So I think they're at like snail's pace of what they were. Yeah, yeah. And um, tell me what, what's, uh, what's next? Um, I'm actually going camp. Like we, we just bought a caravan. Did you? We're going to do, um, like a 10 week, 10 to 12 week trip up the East coast. Just sort of go down like South coast and just work our way up and meander. not really have a plan, but just enjoy living with, yeah, Rach and the kids. So when, when, when are you going to go before Easter? Just after Easter. Yeah. So we'll be around for Easter and then um, just hit the road with no sort of, no itinerary. We've, we've got like places we want to go, but you know, the weather could be bad somewhere. So we'll go somewhere else. And Have you got the caravan yet? I haven't got it, but I'm getting it. I've got it, like I've put a deposit down. Yeah. Have, has the, have, have you been and looked at one the same? Oh, mate. I, the kids I have in? been... Everyone jumped around? I reckon I've done 30 hours of Google research on caravans and Google for it. I got accepted into a Facebook group that you had to get accepted in. Awesome. Like a, certain, like a caravan group. Yeah. You had to answer three questions to get accepted. So, yeah, I've done, I've done the research. Grey nomads just yeah. got all the answers. Yeah. 
Um, and you're going to go, sorry, you're going to do East Coast. How far up are you going to go? 1770? I think that's the plan to 1770, but who knows? We yeah, could yeah. just love it and keep going or we could... Well, like, I think we, we were even talking about going inland on the way up, like through the high country and, you know, doing a bit of that, go have, fishing. Have you been to Ayers Rock? No. It's not called Ayers Rock. It's called Uluru. Have you been to Uluru? No, I haven't, <laughs> but I'd love to. I really want to go there. Me too. My mum's like, been, tw- I think mum's been there twice or three times. She loves it. What does she love about it, does she say? Just like, she just reckons it's just like such a vast landscape with this huge rock and ah, yeah. she feels like it, you know, it's something you've got to see. I have to turn on some midnight oil. Yeah. But you just can't climb it. That's I want to climb it though. Nah. I know you can't. It, it's I not- want to. I'm going to walk around it. Yeah. Yeah, that's enough. I did. Anyway, um, so can I ask, did, did your old man bring the first Oakley to Australia? Yep. So it was a thing in America already? It was basically a mountain bike company in America making mountain bike grips. Uh, no, yeah, mountain bike grips. And then they had like a, one style of sunglass. And he was at a trade show. He was working for Rip Curl, so he used to have to go over to, to you know, a couple of months at a time in America to help with them setting it up over there and he was running retail back here for Rip Girl and he went over and saw these sunnies and was like these things are you know I reckon crew will wear these at the beach because no so, one used to wear on. sunglasses hold at the on. beach and he says to you I don't, I, my, my vision was never right but he had one good one oh yeah he, he was the master he's yeah incredible but he, he, yeah, that was which one? He, that was the, a bit of a tongue in cheek. Yeah. Like he'd always say, like, oh, I, you know, I thought the frog skins wouldn't work, and they end up being, you know. But so was it at that trade show? Was it the frog skins that he saw? Uh, I think back then it would have been. It might have been razor blades. I can't right. even remember. Oh, because the mountain bikes would have been a biking. Yeah, thing. and he saw them. Was like these things. Like people need to start wearing these at the beach. It's glary. It's sunny and. There was, I think Varney was like the only brand that like people who sailed boats and stuff were wearing, but it wasn't really a thing to wear sunnies at the beach yet. And then um, he came back and he met them and was like, oh, they were like, oh, do you know anyone? And he's like, oh, I think the Rip Curl guys might want to do this in Australia. Like this would be a good fit. And we've got all these stores and uh, like, well, they were a wholesale business. We've got a lot of accounts like this could so really was, work. Sorry, was Rip Curl not making sunnies at that point no no this was like yeah, early well, days this was like wetsuits probably before they'd even gone into doing board shorts back when Quicksilver and Rip Curl had the you do board shorts we do wetsuits yeah um, like this is early 80s and then yeah so dad was like oh, I reckon the boys will be keen and he came back and showed Brian and Claw and they're like oh, you're tripping Steve like, <laughs> who's gonna wear those sunnies at the beach like kind of he, he said he was mum was like oh he was so devastated he thought like oh this would be a good opportunity he could sort of help run it for them and because mum and dad had zero money you know and then he thought he they rang and he sort of gave him the bad news going oh yeah the boys at Rivkill they don't think it's going to work here like I'm still really interested like I think it would and then left it for a bit and he must have stewed on it because mum was like call them back you you should just do it like let's let's have a crack I'll run it and you stay working at Ripkill. And so he ended up ringing back going, hey, like, I know they can't do it, but, like, I'm keen. I, like, I think this will work. I've got access to the best surfers in the world. And he ended up just, you know, he mortgaged the house and 
um, the Aussie dollar dropped to 50 cents overnight and it was just like, oh shit, what have I done? And then mum ran it for basically dad to go to work at Rip Curl and then come home and work from like seven at night till midnight and mum would pack all the orders during the day and deal so, with the So were they going to shops or... How, it, all to stores. Yeah. yeah. So it was all like old school, you know, yeah. wholesale, independent owned. It's like owned, repping you know. essentially sort of... So basically, yeah, that's, they'd, um, yeah, stores would buy the sunnies off him and sell it. But he had like some you know it, it was just the glory days i guess it was but he, he's the way it worked was he got like the best surfers he had like tom carroll and you know mark like Oki and all the best you know young guy nicky wood and he had like these deals where if you got a photo in a mag you'd get 50 bucks wearing his sunny so they'd all get out of the water put their sunnies on and go to photographers like get a shot of me you know after heats and all that so he did that whole he was on and he, he said to the guys in America it won't work if it's a you know bike company it's got to be surf I want to turn this into a surf business in Australia and it just went so he really uh, shaped yeah, the direction of Oakley for sure as far as surf's concerned yeah. like he was the the guy who drove that well I think that they really became a surf yeah you know a, well, I associate Oakley with surfing yeah I don't know what else maybe skiing yeah, I, I never knew it's it was like, a mountain Now you associate it with just everything. It's like you yeah. know, become a corporate juggernaut. But back then, it was when I was young. It was just core surf, and yeah, it's pretty cool. So you so, had you had access to all the frog skins, and different yeah, fucking styles. Yeah, I had a lot of crew at school hitting me up for sunnies. <laughs> Fuck, I had school teachers and stuff. Would be like, oh, sorry, I can't. You have to speak to my dad. <laughs> but and then yeah, so mum, but mum like massive hats off to mum she she basically for the first like three or four years she was like doing it flat out running the show during the day and ping pong warehouse was our downstairs of the house with the ping pong table was the packing table my bedroom got turned into the office so I got booted I used to do night on night off in each sister's room I had a trundle Are you kidding? in each room. Night on, night So I'd go off. into one sister's room one night and then the next night I'd go to the other sister and we'd just like, they'd just, that is I didn't have a bedroom. That was the Oakley office for like, you know, four or five years. And the IPEC guy used to come and pick up all the boxes each day and I'd kick the footy with him for like 20 minutes while they loaded the truck. What a great, that's not like, mortgage the house. Yeah. It's a big, mortgage with a family house, yeah. is such a big, and dad came from a family with nothing and mum you know was just an average joe family and um yeah they just took a risk and and as mum said she goes we had nothing so there was nothing you know we had a house but that was it we had beautiful healthy kids and you know we were happy so like she was like it didn't feel like as much of a risk at the time because we had nothing to lose Whereas now it'd be a huge risk. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It was pr- it's pretty incredible. I love that story. Yeah, and then you know, obviously it grew massively, and then it became. I know that like the big one was when they signed Shane Warne. Like he was Warne? like the the king of spin. Yeah, and that just got. I can remember. Um, Fuck Dad yeah, had he was in the blades. With him, who was mates with him, and was like, oh, let's you know let's let's get into cricket like if we get warney everyone will and then it ended up like warney was getting paid back in the day astronomical amounts by oakley 
to where Sonny's and dad used to do the drive around. I can remember Saturdays, he'd be like, hey, Jack, get in the car. And he'd drive to local cricket matches and count how many Oakleys were on people's heads just as a bit of like market research. He'd go to like Torquay, Janjak. Like I can remember driving to, you know, Geelong and stuff just to go past the local cricket ovals and he'd do his head count and then drive off. It just went massive. And Warnie had like come over. I can remember him coming to the house and having fish and chips. Are you kidding? Yeah, came over to our house for fish and chips. So and same with Kathy Freeman came and had fish and chips. Is she a legend? Yeah, oh, she was. She was like eighteen at the time, just young legend. It was before she'd won the Olympics. She was just because she used to date Joel Edgerton too, and I always thought that was a funny fit. Yeah, that's weird. Did you know that? No. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't he with like Lara Bingle? No, right. no, that's um, that's uh, no, that's not Joel Edgerton. Uh, look, I hate to say it, Joel. Joel's, I reckon, I've played tennis against him once. Yeah, uh, I, I reckon he's a good dude. The guy you're thinking of is um, he's another guy. He's another guy. They similar? N- n- I, I don't rate the guy you're thinking of oh. who's dating Lara's acting as much as like Joel's really diverse, great yeah. actor, I reckon. But the guy you're thinking of, I don't want to say his name actually. Yeah, I don't think he's. Yeah. And I hear he punches people. Oh, he sounds like a knob. Yeah, yeah that's what I hear. Uh, there's a few reports about that. Anyway, we won't say names. I don't want to yeah. get in trouble. But um, so mm-hmm. Kathy Freeman came over for dinner. Yeah. And Warney. Yeah. I can remember swimming, having swimming races with Kathy Freeman when I was about ten. In the pool. In the pool. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think she could hardly swim that well uh, from from memory. <laughs> I was but, just yeah. thinking that she's a runner. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty incredible. Like the people that you have know, rotated through, through the door. Uh, and who else, when you were young, like surfers that stood out? No, I, I'm not finished with Warney. What was Warney like? Oh, I can just remember him being at the Oakley, Oakley Warehouse, like the footy players had come in and I'd get to have a kick kick of the footy in the warehouse with them. And then when like the cricketers had come, you'd, you know, you'd get your 10-0 out, taped up 10-0 and a cricket bat and they'd bowl a few in the, in the warehouse. But Warney was just... Uh, he seemed like just such a lad and dad was always like massive even when he was going through all you know he went through some shit and dad was always like staunch warning supporter like loved him and i think and just before dad passed dad actually got to go to the melbourne cup with um greeny and stuff and it was the year they won and warning was there and they got to have like a drink out of the cup together and get a photo and you know stuff so warning yeah dad always spoke so highly i you know as a grom you just think he's a hero so I hear the book's really good yeah I haven't read it yeah me neither but I have heard it's like amazing read I think he's the kind of guy if he's your mate he would be the best bloke ever you might not want him you know dating your daughter or something (laughs) but as far as you know is he still with Liz I have no idea come on I don't read the tabloids (laughs) (laughs) and what about Harry and Megan (laughs) (laughs) what's what is going on with Harry is he still royalty or has he been no, no, no. He, off. He's taken his name. He just wants to be known as Harry. So he's not Prince Harry anymore. No, he's Harry. He's like, I'm coming back to the people. Yeah, Harry. Good on him. I think that would be the worst thing ever, being brought up as a royal. He's just bought a house in LA. So he's going to like, you know, just... I think he's still a royal. Yeah. But he seems like a lad. Yeah, I reckon he seems cool. He's yeah. Just, I reckon you'd meet him and... You yeah, know, yeah. I mean, if I was on the froths, he'd definitely... I hear he likes to have a few froths. Oh, imagine <laughs> just hanging with him at the beach, you know, having a bit of beach cricket and you'd getting him the out tab- there on a big G-board. You'd be in the tabloids. Yeah, yeah, yeah stuff that. 
Yeah. Um, and oh, I fucking lost my train of thought. Kathy Freeman, Oakley. Uh, and so, Oakley, did your old man sell out of Oakley? or well, They kind of, it became like a publicly listed company oh, in the okay. US and they yeah. bought him out. Yeah. And, you know, I think he stayed on for 12 months or or maybe two years as like a overseeing it in Australia and maybe Asia Pacific or I don't know I was kind of I just didn't even I don't know you know when you're young and your parents work and you don't actually think oh god they're working hard and doing an amazing job it's kind of now that you're reflecting it far out they were awesome like yeah. good on them and at the time I was just you know in my own bubble of getting home from school and going for a surf yeah and, doing your thing that's yeah but dad was yeah he was well he had a profound effect on a lot of people yeah definitely touched a lot of people yeah yeah no he was he was pretty lucky yeah 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 fuck man just makes you you got to seize the day right oh 100% and I think that's where you know you know when you go through losing someone you love and, and seeing what how amazing they were as people and it makes you just go fuck the only thing that matters is your family and your friends and go and enjoy life yeah yeah you don't need money and all those things to like make you happy I reckon it's just they help it helps it, de- it's, it makes you comfortable but like as far as you know if you going to that- point out as for a surf with your kids yeah, and all yeah. those things like you you can't get those times back no I think if you're chasing like it, like it helps but then if you, you've got to appreciate the sunshine the moments yeah. the just but, you know, just the small things. That's it's been my thinking. Yeah. Of, of recent. Sure. Can I appreciate today for today because I'm never getting it again? Yeah. Yeah. I. This is the last whatever date this is today that yeah. we'll ever see of this date. Bang. And this virus, far out. That could just. <laughs> who well, knows? Fuck. A mate rang me the other day, and he said, "This could be the end of life as we know it today." Because if you look at the, if it's just, like, I don't hate to be a doom and gloomer, but if you go, Spanish influenza was the last thing that we've seen that could be close to this, right? When was that? In, it was just after World War One and Two, So that'd be in the 1940s, yeah. I had a guess. I'm not very good on my history. And the Spanish influenza didn't have a very high mortality rate. So it didn't, if you got sick like this, it didn't necessarily mean the end yeah but it was really contagious now they're saying that this is really contagious and and it's got and everyone's like it's not like SARS you know but it definitely has a mortality rate of one or two percent they don't know yet yeah and so if it's as contagious as everyone's saying it doesn't really matter because it's going to go that one or two percent that number's fucking huge yeah when you think of how many billion people are on this planet yeah and so if they can't contain it and it does go like that and it's got oh, like look everyone like you know people who are smart go oh the, you know the the flu kills how many people a year who gives a shit mm. but you know nonetheless so the like i I read those three people that died last night in japan they, they, they were all born in the 1950s mm-hmm. and i was like well, that was the same. That was the year, year um, decade that my parents were born. I'd hate to see that happen. Yeah. Just fuck. because of a fucking virus and see. Then I don't know. You know, I'm good at sensationalizing things so too. What, so take it with a grain of salt. What? I, 
sorry to harp on about this virus, but what no, the guy <laughs> say the guy in China who had the virus a month ago. The doctor? No, I'm just saying like a guy who He was young and healthy, the doctor. Yeah, but say say Tom Jones <laughs> yeah, okay, in China yeah, had yeah, the yeah, flu yeah. a month ago. Yeah. He wrote it out. Is he now better? Yeah. And then like business as usual or has he got like crazy side effects from that flu no i think when you're better you're better but i just heard i just heard like fucking what do i know about it? i i did read that someone had caught it for the second time oh. so usually when you beat something you build an immune and you don't get it again yeah i don't know if that was true or not there's a lot of yeah should just all move to king island i reckon yeah and then eat cheese you know, play a bit of golf, steak, <laughs> set up the mother. Yeah. Oh man, Jack, how are you going? Yeah, not too bad, John. Good. <laughs> I've had a good day. <laughs> good. Hey, thanks so much. Pleasure, mate. I hope there's something worth listening to do in that. Cause uh, I don't good. know if I waffled on a bit too much. Waffling's good. I'm gonna press stop. Unless Well, there you have it. There was my chat with none other than Jack Perry. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I enjoyed chatting to him. Um, If you're out there, Jack, thanks so much for coming over. Uh, And whoever you are out there listening, I super appreciate, um, you know, you tuning in. Love it. Love it. Um, So I hope you're having a nice day out there. Try not make a pelt out of anyone. Try not do that. I don't think that's good for cricket um <laughs> you know fucking hell anyway i hope you're well i hope you're healthy as this strange virus sweeps the globe um interesting days ahead but um you know just stay at home eat well and you'll be fine all right till next time adios <laughs>